Hey, this is a shout out to all pharmacy owners out there, your champions of your community during this pandemic. Your pharmacy is more important than ever before. There's a product out there I'd like you to take a look at. I'm talking about the Pen Needle UltiGuard Safe Pack. For the same copay for your patients as pen needles alone, the UltiGuard Safe Pack provides 100 premium pen needles and a sharps container all in one. When pharmacies dispense the Pen Needle UltiGuard Safe Pack, they see consistently higher revenue and higher margins. Check this product out today and let us know what you think. Go to www.ultiguardsafepack forward slash podcast. That's ultiguardsafepack forward slash podcast. You can get a free sample pack on the website. Thanks for all you do as frontline healthcare providers. And thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. I always encourage people, find a routine for yourself, particularly if you can do it in the morning so that you set yourself up to be the very best that you can be for that day. Welcome to the Corpreneur Podcast. I'm Ann Arvizu, and I'm inviting you to hop on the fast track from corporate to freedom. Freedom. Executive experience combined with the mindset of successful entrepreneurship will leave you unstoppable. This content will help you become centered, open, resilient, and energized. So you can build your business, balance your life, and leave your legacy. Ready to unleash your core power? Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. I appreciate each and every one of our listeners around the world. And I'm going to start today with some quick shout outs, and then I'll outline today's topic for the first part of the show, and then introduce my guest for the second part of the show. First, I want to say hi to all our countries who are consistently tuning in. Of course, the majority of listeners for the Corpreneur podcast are in the United States. So thank you, friends in the United States. And thank you, Canada, Philippines, New Zealand, India, United Kingdom, Belarus, Australia, Cyprus, the Russian Federation, Lebanon, Belgium, the Netherlands, South Africa, Poland, Italy, Germany, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, France, Turkey, Bulgaria, Ireland, and Vietnam. I see you out there, and I'm so grateful to know that this podcast is taking off and spreading. I appreciate you. And even though we haven't connected yet, I hope you connect with me. Go ahead and reach out and send me an invite on LinkedIn or across social media at Anarvizu. And just so you know, in your message to me, please say, hey, I heard you on the Corpreneur podcast or I listened to the show. I would be happy to connect with you professionally or you can follow me on any of my professional pages across social media. And if you do like the podcast, please go on and leave me a stellar rating and review on iTunes. I would be so grateful for it, and I will shout out your name and company name on a future episode to give you some kudos. I'd love to connect with you in that capacity as well. Thank you so much in advance. Today's shout out for reviews goes to Todd Yuri. Thank you, Todd. Todd is the founder of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, and he writes, inspirational, influential, and intelligent. He said that the Pharmacy Podcast Network is honored to have a host like Dr. Ann Arvizu providing so much inspirational interviews with so many healthcare industry insights. He says the Corepreneur Podcast challenges healthcare professionals to strengthen our cores as leaders and improve ourselves to help others. This is one of our favorites. 
Thank you so much, Todd. I appreciate you. And by the way, you can hear more about Todd because he was one of our guests on the Corpreneur podcast and his episode is episode nine. So if you haven't heard that one, you will love his story. Also, I want to say thank you to my behind the scenes people shouting out Freedom Podcasting today. So thank you, V and Ian and team for your genius and dedication behind the scenes of this show. And thank you, Suzanne Kreiss. It takes a village to make a radio program successful. I love my team and my partners in crime. And also today's episode was sponsored by RXER Communications. We'd like to thank RXER Communications for the support. RXER is your stat medical affairs solutions for medical affairs capabilities build and support for operational excellence in medical information, medical communications, and field medical team support, especially around launch of your U.S. product and planning for your pipeline. RXER helps companies in biotech put operational systems, streamline processes, and business frameworks and cases together to build their teams the right way, the right time. If you're a chief medical officer or head of medical affairs, contact RXER Communications to see how we may help. That's rxercommunications.com. Now, listeners, you guys are in for a treat today because today's topic is like an executive coaching session and guide to personal integrity all in one. When you master being a person of integrity, it leads to massive success. And you're going to find out why and how today. As you may know by now, the core method I created teaches that we all need to come back to our center to tap into the highest and best guiding forces that are within us to really move the needle on what's coming next in the next 10 years of business and business growth. You act a certain way because you think a certain way. And you ascribe to core values that are higher than you, whether you know it or not. Most of it's subconscious. But the energy generated from a place of wholeness will help you execute a vision or build a personal or corporate brand. The mission of why you do what you do is always going to be bigger than you, and it calls for growth and progress on your part. The purpose for today's life lesson is for you to listen deeply and self-evaluate if there's an area in your life where maybe there's been an integrity issue. So here's some scenarios. Here's some examples. Do you find yourself covering the truth with little white lies? Or even worse, Maybe you find that you deceive yourself in some way, diminishing your own self-confidence by believing lies that tell you that you're not good enough or that you're not worthy. You know, I know people that in the morning they get up, they have this great time in the morning with their quiet time or their prayer, and they get themselves all psyched up, right? But then the rest of the day, they're diminishing themselves with thoughts of negativity that come against all the affirmations they say or the prayers or you know, the, the visualizations that they do. Once a day isn't enough. Steadiness is something that is really going to make your day better if you're consistent. Maybe it's the thing that you're doing. Maybe the job that you're working in or the business that you're trying to build doesn't really quite line up with your personal value set. It may be that the boss that you smile at and you're nice to, to their face, it might be that you have one of those bosses that you smile at and you're kind to, but secretly you feel manipulated by. Name calling or gossip can stem from judgment. And even deeper than that, 
there could be an integral belief that who people are as compared to you, all these different types of scenarios are what makes those proverbial Mondays hard for some people. Because internally, you may be experiencing some kind of subconscious disconnect. So you see, integrity is not just about telling lies. It's way much deeper than that. It's a life principle, and it's a key attribute. I released a book earlier this year, which you can find selling on Amazon and a number of outlets around the world entitled Affluent Minds, Core Expressions for a Rich and Wonderful Life. I wrote this book because we need leaders now more than ever. I describe the principle of integrity as being steady or dependable. On page 18, I wrote, S is for steady. It's a rare quality in an erratic world to be unfaltering, uniform, genuine, and integral. When we look up at our flag, we have a feeling of pride, principle, and attachment to the values we proclaim to uphold. We all know people who are one way to our face at work, but completely different behind our backs with their friends. People can tell when others lie, and they can tell when they're being talked about. True leaders are the same in all situations. Steadiness in your core is the rudder that steers the ship through all kinds of waves, end quote. I have a great network of really upstanding friends, business owners, corporation owners, corporate leaders that have great vision and great purpose and really are on fire for what they do. And today's guest is no exception. He's the perfect person to join me in this conversation today because he has adopted the mentality that integrity is the number one success factor for your life and your work. His name is Ken Mosesian, and I'll just say it. He's one of my new BFFs because he's got a high trust factor quotient. He is a guy that I know that I can trust, and he helps you build brands that you can trust. You know, people don't think about a brand as something that should have integrity, but the right offer the right brand, the right audience, the right message can all be great, but are you the right person behind it, leading it all forward? Today, Ken and I are going to get a little old school. We're going to talk about old school values, values of integrity, of inspiration, and of team building. These are values that guide us as entrepreneurs, whether you're building a family or building a business, you're the person that's going to walk into the walls of your company on Monday whether it's your own company that you created as an entrepreneur or the company that gave you that wonderful job. So are you going to be grateful for and resonant with that job on Monday morning? Or are you maybe going to start asking yourself some new questions of what really is it that I want? I can't make that decision for you. Leaders complain about strategy and losers complain about people. Losers complain about situations, and then they cast blame, and leaders cast vision. So a little more about Ken. He's a successful and eloquent entrepreneur, author, and speaker. In Ken, I felt like I met a kindred spirit, and I hope you do too. He's also earned the new prestigious title of Corpreneur today as he joins the ranks of these souls on fire that are moving the business needles forward into the next decade and beyond. He's passionate about leading CEOs and helping them thrive and succeed by training their teams to lead. If you're a business owner or you're in leadership or management and you find yourself stuck in the weeds, 
You will resonate with Ken's message and glean some tips on how to get out. I hope you're inspired today. In our conversation, I'm going to pick his brain on values and habits that will help you grow your business. So that's why I entitled this episode, Integrity is the Key to Success. Ken understands, like I do, the global impact that small and mid-sized companies can make and the benefits of diversity and inclusion in terms of teams. Ken works with teams and in multi-million dollar companies around the globe across multiple industries, and he helps his clients train and develop their emerging leaders, which in turn sets their CEOs free from daily operations. Oh, doesn't that sound like a breath of fresh air? I know it does to me. Join Ken and I in progress. Hey, Ken, welcome to the Corpreneur Podcast today. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be with you, Anne. Oh, the pleasure's all mine. And I'm so glad for this conversation because it is a needed one for our listeners and our leaders out there. I know that I just did a stellar introduction on you, but just tell our listeners in your own words, just a, a little blip about yourself right now. Sure. Happy to. So I am an entrepreneur myself and my company, Mosesian Strategies, is focused on helping leaders and specifically helping CEOs who happen to be owners and founders to let go of the day-to-day operations and turn to the future and do what they do best, which is to create. Mm -hmm. And I help them to do that by training up their teams to lead so that they can set up their CEOs for success. Yeah. And that's something as, as a fellow CEO, we all need that. We all need that time when we say, I don't need to know the details anymore. I don't have to make every last decision. So can you give us either a funny story or an example of, um, you know, maybe one of your clients and, and how that has manifested for them? Sure. I, I had a, a client this past year that had built their company literally from zero to about $7 million in a, in a couple of years. They were getting ready for a next round of funding. And the CEO had one of his managers come into the room and, and plop down a couple of different colored folders that they were going to be considering for a conference that they were hosting. And he asked him to do you think the blue or the green would be a better one? And the CEO sat there and contemplated for about 10 minutes and said, let me get back to you. I'll think about this. And he got back to him. And it was only afterwards that he reflected on the fact that he had spent 10 minutes of his time and allowed himself to be interrupted while he was engaged in deep thought about where this company was going to go just to make a decision about the folder. But what came out of the conversation was, That was born out of someone who had such a deep passion for the company he founded and such a deep care for getting it right and taking care of his employees and making sure that everything was done perfectly, that he just couldn't manage to let go. Yeah. And it was a turning point. Oh, good. I'm glad that that's a good, that's a happy ending then if it was a turning point, because I think we all have to get to that point where you just come up out of the weeds and you come up out of the details and you start moving forward in your leadership and getting back into your creative space, because you said it right. At our core, we're creators as business owners, as leaders and in in corporations, you're given a department, right? If you're a department leader or if you're a vice president or a director or even a manager and you have a team, once teams come into play, 
So does vision. And so does who you are at your core. And that's why you and I, as we talked before, we really believe in a word together. And that word is foundational to your book, The Power of Promise, How to Win and Keep Customers by Telling the Truth About Your Brand. Because integrity is such a big word in our world at our company, RXCR Communications. It's part of our core values. It's part of my new book, Affluent Minds. You know, I describe it on page 18 as being steady and being a person who's unfaltering, uniform, general, and integral. So talk to us about integrity, because I know I've heard some of your take on it before, but I want our listeners to hear because leadership is so important and we need real leaders that perform from integrity now in 2020 more than ever. Absolutely. I think I was most affected by a quote from General Dwight Eisenhower. He was the Supreme Allied Commander in Europe from 1943 to 1945, oversaw and gave ultimate permission for the the D-Day invasion to go ahead, which liberated Europe from Nazi Germany. Mm -hmm. And he was the 34th president of the United States. And the, the quote is, the supreme quality for leadership is unquestionably integrity. Mm. Without it, no real success is possible, no matter whether it is on a section gang, a football field, in an mm. army, or in an office. And it, it struck me so much. And every time I read it, it hits me again, because I think about Eisenhower truly being alone that night before he made the decision to commit tens of thousands, ultimately hundreds of thousands of lives to this invasion. And that if he would have come from any place other than integrity, that the chance of that invasion being successful would have been greatly diminished. Mm -hmm. And so, and the, the definition, the quality of being honest is the one that the dictionary lists first, but the, the secondary definitions really stood out to me. And that is the quality of being whole and complete. And there is something about that, as you mentioned, about what we need in our leaders going forward, what we need in our leaders right now, mm -hmm. people for whom integrity is paramount, being whole and complete and integral, integrated yes. as human beings and always telling the truth. Oh, I have chills. That was so good. And the quote from... Eisenhower is so spot on. I believe it too. Yeah. And you have to be that person. That's not an apple around your friends and an orange at work. Right. right? And, and we've heard those types of analogies before, but so many people, they're one way at home. They're a different way at work. They're a different way with their friends or in different groups of friends. I can see, you know, we all have kids that maybe you see your teenagers as they're growing up, or you see your 20-year-olds as they're growing up, and you think, okay, are you going to be the same to that person or that person's mom as you are here, you know, saying that to us today or whatever? Everybody goes through this. Everybody goes through it when they're younger. And and I feel that that's a big, big problem. It's the It's part of the chasm we have in society today, that people don't know how to be truly themselves. Do you have a process? or some tips by which people can assess where they are so that they can become a better person? I always ask people to carry a little notebook around with them. 
Mm. And it's kind of old school. (laughs) Carry a pen and a notebook around with you. And the place I start is with the notion of being your word. How often can you actually follow through on the things that you say? Because for me, this goes back to integrity. And it also brings in aspects of wanting to please other people and how we respond to that. So a brief example, during the course of the day, how many times do we say something like, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a call. We'll have lunch together. Or, <laughs> right. you know what, I'll, I'll have that report on your desk by noon today, knowing that there's no way that you can do it, knowing that there was no chance that with everything that's going on, you're going to call somebody and, and set up a lunch. But you wanted to please them. You wanted to appear to be somebody who could deliver something really early and then be able to say, oh, I'm sorry, I've got to push that back. Is that okay? Knowing right. that that's probably going to be fine. And so I challenge people just to jot down the number of promises they make. And I'm very clear, you don't say, you don't have to say, I promise for it to actually be a promise. That's sort of the territory of a (laughs) five-year-old. So if you say something, if it's your word, then it's in essence Mm. a promise. You Mm -hmm. said you would do it. So my advice is track that. And at the end of the day, see how many times you followed through. Right. And see how many times you didn't. And what most people end up doing is making fewer promises and keeping more of them. Mm-hmm. And I'd much rather have somebody come yeah. from that place where they, they make two promises during the day instead of 10 and they keep them both. Right. Do you mean what you say? And are you a person that will fulfill on what you say you're going to do? Exactly. Whether you are an employee with a boss and that's one thing that you say or a woman with her spouse or husband or vice versa. Yeah. There's trust and there's just a totality of who you are going, going back to the wholeness, you know, a little bit about core and what we stand here for being centered, open, resilient, and energized, but that's really who you are in your core, your essence, your spirit. And we're a person that lives in a world that's bombarded 24, seven, 365, from so many outside influences. Like you and I earlier were talking about the weather in Phoenix at this all-time high and some of the storms we've been getting here in South Florida, the fires that are going on right now in Oregon and in California. We can't necessarily predict what's going to happen next on some things, murder hornets, COVID-19, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. But, But we can change our attitude. We can stay who we are and stay the course. And not say, oh, I, I, you know, there's people right now that in one group of people, they might say, I'm going to vote for this person. And in another group of people, they might say that they're going to vote for another group of, of, you know, I don't know if that's really true, but I hear it. And I, I see people trying to morph into what they are not. And it's for the sake of maybe building rapport or being liked. Essentially, when you are integral and you are a person of integrity, don't you think it's because something greater is driving you? If you have a vision for a company, then you've got to want to walk that vision out. Where does vision come into play for you regarding the power of promise? Sure. So for me, it begins almost ironically with me. And I know that this can at first appear selfish, but if you give me a moment, I'll tell your listeners what this means to me. 
I became an early riser many years ago because I discovered that for me, there was some magic to that, you know, 445 uptime. And Mm. I begin my day, I take the dog for a walk. In Phoenix, it's the only time we can do it without burning his paws on the street. So that's part of the reason. But it's also about 20 to 25 minutes of absolute quiet time. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I have a series of affirmations, meditations, and prayers that I say. Mm-hmm. And being there with my canine companion and meditating, praying, affirming as I walk sets me up in a very, very powerful way. And when I come home, I am able to settle into the day in a way that I couldn't otherwise do. I journal a little bit. There's a a couple of books I'll read a few passages from, and I sit down with my spouse, and he and I have coffee together with no devices, no TV, no computer, no anything. We literally have had coffee together every morning for the 26 years we've been together. And all of those things taken together set me up for the most powerful me I can be, and then built on that foundation, I can go out and create vision. I can go out and service my clients and be a servant leader to them. Mm -hmm. I can go out and in my own mind, keep the future that I'm creating solidly in mind. And so I always encourage people, find a routine for yourself, particularly if you can do it in the morning so that you set yourself up to be the very best that you can be for that day. Oh, I love it, Ken. Early to bed and early to rise makes a man or woman healthy, wealthy, (laughs) or wise. Indeed. I I agree. And I have a very similar routine in the morning. And just to recap, so people get this, you did a little exercise, a little journaling, a little prayer or affirmations, or maybe meditation in the morning. I do all those things. I have my dog or cats around me. Sometimes the dog likes to sleep in. So I can't do a dog walk that early in the morning, but but that's okay. He he literally will lay in his donut and just not want to move. And I'm like, okay, uh, I'm going out of the room by myself. But but on those days that, and I'm sure you're disciplined more than I am, but like on those days when you just want to sleep in or not feeling it or a little more tired, you can really feel a difference. Yes. And you can, like you're saying, you're setting yourself up for success. That quiet time makes so much time in the morning. And from our core perspective with our core wheel, you're hitting so many different parts, which really is setting you up for life balance. Yeah. You know, you're not like looking at your finances and your career yet. You're looking at how can I be of service to my dog? Really? You're, you're taking care of your body. You're taking care of your relationship with your spouse. You're hitting these key points that allow you to then be more, to do more. And I love that. So that's one of the reasons that you're really on the show today and in my mind that you are a corpreneur because there's this core principle that you live by. I want to talk a little bit more about The Power of Promise, your book, because you have this great book about really how to win and keep customers by telling the truth about your brand. And there was an article, I think that you're going to know the one I'm talking about. It was written by PricewaterhouseCoopers years ago, and I've seen it on some of your websites. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about that staggering statistic of people that will leave you in the dust 
Sure. If you, if you don't be nice to them just like one time, what is, <laughs> what's, how did that go? Sure. So PricewaterhouseCoopers uh, took a, an in-depth look at customer experience and the essential ingredients to it. And what they discovered was that globally, 32% of all customers would stop doing business with a brand that they loved after one bad experience. And in Latin America, when that market was segmented out, mm-hmm. 49%, almost half of the people said they would walk away from a brand after one bad experience. Wow. Like, think about that. Okay. I've drank Pepsi for, let's just say 30 years, but I called Pepsi customer service one time and they badmouth me or something. Right. And then I switched to Coke. Like, is it, it's literally that easy. And you think that your brand and I'm, I'm not even a Pepsi drinker, actually. I, I care about Pepsi because our daughter's dating some guy from Pepsi. But <laughs> <laughs> so, Jose, this is not about Pepsi. But really, it's about my company and your company, right? right. It's about Mosesian strategies. It's about RXCR communications. It's about we give our clients the highest and the best. We give them our integrity. We set ourselves up for success. But if somebody on our team or you know, us inadvertently says something Mm -hmm. wrong, does something wrong, comes out of integrity. And sometimes it's by mistake. So talk about that. But, but how can we fulfill that promise? Because we have a tall order. Right. That's the statistic. We do. And from my perspective, your brand is your promise. It's the thing that you can be counted on to deliver the product, the service that you can be counted on to deliver time and time and time again. And the customer's experience of your brand, every touch point that they have with it, whether it is seeing a, a, an ad pop up on Facebook or listening to a podcast, or if you have a brick and mortar store walking in, calling on the phone, interacting with somebody via email, Every touch point is their test of that promise. And the question often asked subconsciously is, are they telling the truth or are they lying? Mm. Is this who they really are? And that promise is based on previous experiences that they may have had, stories that they may have heard, anything that they're currently experiencing, and the future expectation that they have based on all of that. Yeah, that's good. And so it is complex. It mm-hmm. is a relationship. As I mentioned to you earlier, oftentimes companies do not envision themselves as being in relationship with their customers. But that is precisely what it is. And when something goes wrong, my advice is pretty straightforward. Own it, mm-hmm. <laughs> first and foremost. Own it. Exactly. Secondly, apologize for it and do it sincerely. And then the third thing is make it right. Whatever that means, make it right. Mm -hmm. But own it, apologize for it, and make it right. No excuses. And and what passes for an apology from most people these days just saddens me deeply. Saying, I'm sorry you felt that way. Right. Or you didn't understand is not an apology. An apology is, and I know I'm preaching to the choir, but (laughs) an apology is, I'm sorry for what I did. It's actually taking responsibility and owning what happened. And that will make all the difference in the world. 
I know. Let's let's go ahead and get hung up on semantics for a minute because <laughs> that's what we hear. I think we're both old school, Ken. Yeah. And that's a good thing to be because I hear that all the time too. I'm sorry you misunderstood. And then I hear, you know, I'm sorry you felt that way, but it's never about like I did something. If you've heard this before and you probably have, communication is 100% the onus of the communicator. You have to help that person understand what you're saying. So if they're mad about something, the fault's probably yours to begin with. And I hear people saying, it's just the culture, right? I hear people saying that and it's almost like people don't know, especially no offense to millennials, right? Because there's lots of listeners, right. but, but you just, I hear these things. Like when someone says, thank you, what would you say? You are welcome. You are welcome. Exactly. But I hear a lot of people and it's very cultural, especially down where I live, Florida, Georgia. I've heard it when I've traveled. Thank you. And they say, no problem. Uh. And I think <laughs> I didn't know there was a problem, right? You know, <laughs> So it's it's mildly offensive and and it's like how do you now shift culture back to this more integral way of being because it's a conundrum that we're in but what would you say what advice would you give you know I I think we have to get back to the notion that we're in relationship with each other and mm-hmm. and get away from the notion of transactionalism mm-hmm. I've I've always thought that business that commerce is really just the the opportunity that we've created as human beings to be in relationship. And Mm -hmm. this is how we do it. The notion of transactionalism, I think, has depersonalized, in some ways dehumanized what we're doing. If we really believe in what we're selling, if we really believe in what we're offering, then of course we want to strive to have the best relationship possible. And and as as you well know, that doesn't mean that everyone's our best friend or any kind of right. you know sort of false emotion around it. But we want that relationship to have integrity. We want that relationship to be one of honesty and authenticity. And if you are, then you know, thank you, you're welcome, or thank you, it was my pleasure, just logically follows because you actually heard what the person said as opposed to dismissing it as if there were a problem there. And you're right, it is mildly offensive. And (laughs) I think that just saying it out loud is a really helpful thing. So I really would counsel people, focus in that moment on that interaction. Be here now. Yes. Like, be present. The past, it's done. The future, we have no guarantee of. Thank you, mm. murder hornets. <laughs> <laughs> we have no idea what's coming. I have this moment with you now. That's all I have. And so why wouldn't you focus 100% on the activity you're engaging or the person that you're with? Because that's all that you have. Beautiful. And when it comes down to it, relationships are everything. You don't get a CEO to hire you, or I don't get a C-suite or chief medical officer to hire me by, you know, not being in relationship with them. It's always about relationships. It is. It's never about the thing they need you to do. At the very end of it, it becomes who they are. I've had clients that, you know, they're like, Anne, I feel so exhausted. I I feel like a a grasshopper jumping from Mm. meeting to meeting. And that kind of admission from a high level leader that's supposed to hold it all together. It doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come in the very beginning. It comes when there's trust and you never want to breach that trust. So you have a very interesting five point 
tip scale, if you will. I don't know what you call it, but it's that understand, declare, map, train, and deliver. And that's all about branding and promising and customers and teams. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So the understand, the first piece is simply that to understand that your brand is your promise, that a customer's experience of the brand is the test of the promise. And the question is whether or not you are telling the truth. The second thing is to actually declare your own brand. And that means you're going to have to take some time and think about what is it that you're promising, either explicitly or implicitly. What are the things that you're putting out to the world? And that means you have to take a look at everything that you've got that's touching a consumer. And you also have to look internally at the way you're training your teams or not, Mm -hmm. at the way your teams are operating together as an integral piece or not, what the communication is like internally, what internal satisfaction is like, what customer satisfaction is like. Understand all of that, and then you have to come into alignment. What is the promise you want to make to those that you're serving? What is that promise? And so to be able to then declare that is a powerful next step. The third step, to map the customer experience journey. And to think from that Mm -hmm. very first piece, someone who knows nothing about you, the very first time that they see you, what is the impression that you want to give? I always talk about brand as being emotional and experiential. That emotion is such an important piece because like you were mentioning, it's about relationship. It's about the emotion that somebody has, the connection that they feel with you. All things being equal, if the skill set is there, I'd much rather work with somebody that I feel good about being with. So to map that experience, to talk about the touch points, to look at places where you can produce wow moments for your customers along the customer experience journey is just absolutely essential. And I take it on kind of like a war room thing with clients. It's like, let's map this out. Let's talk about it. Where are the possible breakdowns? Where are the things that can go wrong? This is particularly important for sales organizations that have marketing that hands off to sales, that hands off to production, that hands off to somebody else. Well, what happens at each one of those points? You know, we've all fallen in love with our sales guy or sales gal to then be handed off to the, you know, the tech person by way of example. And it's like, huh, I thought I was going to have my salesperson all the way through. I really vibed with them. And now I get, you know, the tech guy who's super efficient, but I don't have the relationship. Yes. What do you do to make sure that those transition points internally that someone's going to experience are beautifully set up Mm -hmm. so people know that they're coming, they expect them, and when they happen, they are seamless. So that's the map part. The train, number four, is simply to make sure that your team understands what it's like to give the kind of customer experience that you want to be known for. And then finally, it's taking that out into the world and delivering it. But it doesn't end there because it's always dependent upon testing it. It's always dependent on it. Is it landing the way that we intended? Is the emotion that we were hoping that would be produced being produced? And if not, I'm responsible for it. Yeah. I can't blame my customer for not getting it. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It's up to me. So those are the steps. 
I love that. And, you know, just to bring it home for some of my listeners in medical affairs, I want you to think about that for a minute in terms of patient centricity, because in a medical affairs organization, we're non-sales. So I'm really glad that you brought up, you know, that customer journey is that's very, very tied to sales in an organization for us. And when I've gone into consult, I say, let's map out the patient journey, because if the patient is supposed to be the center of all we do, right, that's the core of what that company stands for. And that could be a pharmacy or a physician's office, et cetera. How can they do it? I just happen to do that in in pharma. But I want people to understand, like, think about what that patient journey looks like. What is that oncology patient going to go through? as they go through their treatment? And what does it look like when they're in that research program? What is the outcome that they want? And what do the caregivers think about? So when we do that, we tie ourselves to the values of the patient and we can come up higher. Like in medical information, for example, if a medical information specialist or manager is on the phone with either a patient or the majority of the time with their physician, right? This is a piece of the organization in pharma that takes the calls from doctors and answers the questions about that product that the company makes. So if you have this disinterested contact center employee or someone who's looking at the clock waiting to go, or now someone who's working from home, I think this is where maybe the disconnect could be. How can we, especially now in the world of 2020 and COVID and virtual, How can we make sure that we are bringing our teams up to the highest level of integrity, to the highest level of our brand and promise, and that it really resonates with them inside so that they want to follow in that vision? What's your advice for teams these days? Yeah. So, you know, this is the, this is the come to Jesus part of it that can be really (laughs) uncomfortable, but it's, you know, it's what's so not everyone is built this way. And not everyone mm-hmm. wants to operate this way. There are some people who want to come in, punch a clock, do the work, punch a clock, and go home. And that is just the fact that that's the way it is. And so you do no one a favor if you have a team member that has no interest in taking things to, as I would call it, an elite level of customer experience. Yeah. And, and so what I would say to companies, particularly to entrepreneurs, hiring is the most important thing you can do. And you got to know who you are and what you stand for and what you are committed to delivering. It's not enough to get somebody who's gung-ho for a paycheck. You have to have someone who's in alignment, in integrity with you, with your promise, with what you want to deliver. And beyond that, if you already have a team, you got to get honest with yourself about the team members that are there. Do you have the right people on board to deliver this? Beyond that, I, I think, you know, I, I, I talk to people about, again, this is old school stuff, the two guys out in the quarry and one person is asked, what are you doing? And he says, I'm, I'm cutting stone. And they ask <laughs> the other guy and he says, I'm building a cathedral. Oh, I love that. Right. Yeah. And, yes. and it's, it's a cliche story, but it's a cliche for a reason that it's true. Yes. And, and you've got to get the cathedral builders, not just the stone cutters you know, that, that are going to be able to think and provide at that level. And so to be able to inspire people is really, this is where leadership comes in. From my perspective, a leader has three primary purposes. Number one, to create a vision. 
-hmm. Number two, to share the vision with their team in such a way that they understand that their unique job, whether it is the vice president or whether it's the receptionist, whether it's a guy on the loading dock, they understand that their job is an essential contribution to the vision of that company. Mm -hmm. So to create the vision, to share that vision in such a way that people see that they are essential in its fulfillment. And the third thing is to give them a safe space in which to grow so that they can fully express their job. Something simple is, is to be able to say to you know a lower level manager, look, I trust you enough. I believe you understand this vision. Any expenditure you know, per month up to whatever, a thousand bucks. Yeah. You don't have to come to me. I'm going to trust your judgment enough to do that. Just know that if I come back to you and ask you why, I want you to be able to explain it from the perspective of how this is going to fulfill our brand, how it's going to advance our vision, something like that. So visionary leadership that communicates effectively to the team and that gives the team the space to grow. Oh, Ken, that was just such a perfect note to end on because Thank really you. You, you ended with us today with inspiration. So from integrity to inspiration, I love what you have to say, Ken. Thank you. I'm glad that you're, you've joined our ranks as a corporate <laughs> and I love it. We're going to put all the show notes, all your links. We'll put a link to that article. You'll send that to us and, and all sure. of your social media so everybody can follow you as well. And I look forward to our next conversation at some point because... Two peas in a pod should should stay together. <laughs> I do too. Thank you again for the opportunity to speak with you, Anne. You're welcome, Ken. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show and leave me a rating and review. If you are ready to make your move to entrepreneurial freedom and success, success. then take action now. Head over to my website, anarvizu.com, and get our most requested free download. Your 10-step corporate to freedom checklist is a transformational self-assessment tool that will help you visualize and create a life and business you truly deserve. Until next time, stay centered, open, resilient, and energized. energized.